You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. I'm going to continue tonight to talk to you about our words and felt like, um, I don't know how to put this. I'll just say it this way. Felt like I wanted to give you some handles, so to speak. Uh, I know threw a lot at you last week. And uh, so as I was preparing and getting ready for tonight, I just wanted to give you some practical application, I guess, and uh, some things that I've done in my life and others that I know. And uh, just let's, let us review just a little bit. We started with Jude, verse 3, and we talked about earnestly contending for the faith. And one of the things that we can see in our time, and Jude is talking to an unknown group of Christians right here, and he's telling them that false teachers or false prophets have come into uh, the sphere of Christianity, and what they're doing is uh, trying to veer you off or keep you from your faith. And so he's saying you need to earnestly contend for your faith, meaning you need to hold on to what you believe because there are false teachers that are trying to teach you not to, not to hold on to that. And, you know, in Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 8, Jesus said, when the, and it's written in red, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? He didn't say, will I find love? He didn't say, will I find joy, peace? Will I find people working? Will I find people in the harvest? He says, will I find faith? What you believe and what you speak. Jesus is looking for that. So even in the time to come, that's what he's looking for. Will I find faith when I come back? And that's what he was leaving with it. He was teaching them. And we'll see some things tonight that he taught them. But Jesus is looking for faith. Uh, I've been reading through the Gospels the last few months. And I'm reading in Luke. And for whatever reason, it's just standing out to me some things in Luke right now. But Jesus marveled when he saw faith. (laughs) Um, the, The woman with the issue of blood, he said to her, your faith has made you whole. And the, uh, the centurion that came to him for his servant, he said, I, he marveled at the fact, I'm not such faith have I seen in Israel. So he's looking for faith. And when he sees, he goes, wow, that's faith, you know. And so we want to give him what he's looking for. Uh, in the Spearfield Bible is what I uh, study out of. And uh, it says in a commentary, Christians are not to grow weary in waiting for the Lord, but we are to pre, uh, persevere in our faith. We're to persevere in our faith. And so um, faith is something to be contended for. It is something to, that we are to live by. Remember uh, over in Romans, it tells us, Romans 1.17, that the just, any just in here, the just shall have faith projects. No, the church, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. Uh, live by faith. And so uh, faith is something could be, could be contended for. It's something to live by. Is what Jesus is looking for when he returns. So we went over a few things that the Lord uh, said that he was looking for for us. He's spoken to our church specifically, 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 specifically. And I uh, said that he was looking for our words. 
and he's come for our words and he found them lacking. So what we want to do is change that around. So when he comes looking again, we want to give him given the words that he's looking for. And the angels that are coming, we want to have our words out there. The cre- the cle- I can talk tonight. Praise the Lord. Decree and declare our words. So we're endeavoring to give Jesus what he's looking for. We went over Romans 4:17, how he called those things to be not as though they were. We look back in Genesis at Abraham and his life and how uh, for 24 years uh, that he believed and believed is good and believing is good. But until he got God's words in his mouth, did the, his situation change? And in one year, actually in three months, Sarah conceived after God changed their names. And uh, they started saying that all the time and continually. And that's one thing with the word. You just can't just start in the word. You just can't start your confession. You just can't start faith project. You can't just start in faith. You have to finish. Amen. And so he kept saying, I'm a father of multitude and she is a um, mother of princes or And uh, after 24 years of believing, then they um, conceived and had a child, and his name is Isaac. Now, I made the statement, too, your life will never rise above your confession, Brother Hagin said to us. Your life, when we see that way, Abraham and uh, Sarah, that until they got his words in their mouth, their life stayed in the place in 24 years of believing or without a child the promised child, until they got the right words in their mouth. And once they got the right words, their life began to rise with the confession of their mouth. All right? All right. So let's go to Mark eleven twenty two and 23. They might pull my papers from Ramah if I don't say this scripture. Hallelujah. And Ramah is a school where, Bible school where uh, pastoral staff, some of the pastoral staff graduated from. So uh, the president of that school used this scripture to get off the deathbed, and uh, God gave him this scripture. And so in Mark eleven twenty two and 23, and Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For, ev- for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So we see in here that uh, Jesus is talking about believing, but there's three times that he talks about saying into in this uh, passage. So he's not talking about randomly saying something. He's talking about saying the things that he's the things that he has spoken. And so why is the Lord coming for our words? We saw with Abraham and Sarah that we're giving his word back to him. And so we're uh, lifting his word back to him. Let's go to second Corinthians four thirteen, And it says, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. And so uh, there's a belief. We take his word. We believe his word. And then we speak his word out of his mouth. It's a divine law. We believe and we speak. We believe and we speak. It's a divine law. I was listening to somebody recently and teaching along these lines of confession. And they were talking about that they had read something about a businesswoman. And she was not born again. And so she uh, just, and you, if you look at a lot of business principles that they use, uh, a lot of them come out of the word of God. They just believe what the principles are and they use them and it works for them. Why? Because it's a divine law. And so she, um, 
uh, started writing down in her journal that she was going to be uh, a millionaire. She wrote down and, and she uh, started saying where she wanted to go, not where she was. So she would write down in her notebook, um, uh, I'm going to be a millionaire, my, my business, I'm going to be a business owner, and my business will make such and such amount of money by this time next year. And then she would meet that goal and she'd start writing other stuff down in her journal. And somebody told this person, they said, well, why is that working for her? And the person said, because she's working the word. It will work for anybody. It's a divine law. It's a principle in the word of God. And so whether you're born again and whether you're a sinner, if you work the principle, it'll work for you. Hallelujah. We are speaking spirits. And Jesus says in Mark 11, 22 uh, and 23, he says, you speak to the mountain. A lot of times we're waiting for God to come move the mountain. But he's saying to us, our words will move the mountain. So we're to speak to the, the mountain. And, uh, and the words I speak, Jesus said, are spirit and they are life. Spirit and life. So these are the basic fundamentals of faith. We believe and we speak. Guys, go ahead and put those pictures up. So this is an experiment. Some of you might have done this or seen this. And this is the Rice experiment proving, that, uh, proving the power of words. So go ahead and put the other picture up. So uh, there was a Japanese uh, scientist that did this experiment. So he took three... Um, mason jars, filled it halfway up with cooked rice. Then he filled it up with water over the rice and then he um, covered, uh, put the tops on. And then for this one over here, he put on thank you. And this one, uh, or love, or thank you. And then this one, hate. And then this one, nothing at all. Just ignored it. Didn't put anything on it. Put a label on the front of them. And so for 30 days, he would go to the jar uh, the first jar that had love on it and say, uh, or thank you, you're such, a, you're such a good jar. I love you. You're wonderful. You're awesome. You know, and started speaking words of affirmation to that jar. In the middle jar, he going, I hate you. You're awful. You're terrible. You'll never be anything. And for 30 days, he started saying that. And the third jar, he just totally ignored. Didn't say anything to it at all. So after 30 days, the jar on the far left with the, uh, that he spoke, love, thank you, gratitude, you're good rice. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and that stuff too, it started giving off a sweet aroma. It started, you know, um, uh, uh, looking nice and looking good. The one in the middle developed mold uh, in it and started, and then the, uh, the last one on the right, it started rotting. Totally ignored it. But all of this because of words. All of this for 30 days they spoke to it, And that's the difference that happened to him as how he addressed the jars. The power, and that's just a natural experiment he, he did. And so people don't think that your words matter. But they do. Job twenty two twenty eight says, You will also declare a thing and it will be established. So our words create. The, the words created something in these jars. By the, him speaking those words to those, it created a sweet, nice aroma in one. It created mold in another. It created rot in one that they totally ignored and didn't even address at all. 
So you can declare a thing and it will be established. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that the tongue has uh, the power of life and death in it. Our words create things. And we're saying it's, it's a divine law. In 2005, um, my mom uh, had open heart surgery. And a year before that, I had a dream. I was living with some friends of mine here in town. And in the middle of the night, I woke up uh, just startled from this dream that I had. And the dream, in the dream, I saw uh, that my mom had passed away. And I didn't, know what to, I didn't know what to do with it. I woke my friend up, was crying and everything. And, uh, and so not even wanting to, I guess, uh, acknowledge the reality even of the dream, I just didn't do anything with it. So I didn't ask the Lord about it or anything like that, just basically ignored the dream. And whenever it come up, I just, you know, think on something else. So in April, no, in the, uh, February of 2005, my mom uh, had open heart surgery. And uh, <clears throat> as a result, she ended up in the hospital for quite a while and didn't wake up from the anesthesia. And uh, once she got all clear to leave the hospital, uh, she also had an infection in the incision line. And uh, once she got it all clear, the, the doctor cleared her to go home. When she got home, uh, my dad, they went to eat and uh, brought her home. Then he went to fill the car up with gas and came back and found her. And the results were that a blood clot uh, got loose and, and uh, that's what uh, caused her to pass away. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, of course you go through all the things that you do to prepare for a funeral and get everything ready and all of that. And I'm the oldest of nine and the only girl. So um, I kind of took charge of things like I normally do. And uh, so with that, it kind of kept me busy in my mind off of things. And so at the funeral, Pastor Mark and Rhonda came, and uh, Robert and William came. And um, so Pastor Rhonda, at the end of the, the funeral, everybody was dispersing, and I was standing at the graveside with her and my friend. And they were trying to get me to just, you know, get things out. You know, anything you need to say to your mom, we know she's in heaven. But anything you just need to say, get out, do it now. And I did a little bit, but not much. And so went on my way, and... Uh, a few months later, you know, things just started bothering me. And so I asked them if I could meet with them, pastors, if I could meet with them. And what was bothering me was the devil was tormenting me with the fact that I had a dream about my mom passing and I didn't do anything with it. So in the, in the midst of our talking and everything, I began to, you know, uh, release that or say, you know, that's what it was. And just out of nowhere, the Spirit of God through pastors said, the reason why he showed, uh, I showed you that was to prepare you for what was coming. Spiritual laws have been set in motion. They could not be changed. And immediately I knew what he meant by that. My mom, <clears throat> after she got out of the hospital, she stayed with my brother and sister-in-law for a little while. And she started saying things like this. Y'all need to come see me. I'm not going to be here much longer. She said, uh, and we loved her recipes. You know, she made really good sour cream pound cake. Was it really German chocolate cake, different things like that. And so uh, we wanted her to get her engaged. We wanted her to help us cook those things. And so she said, if y'all want these recipes, you better hurry up. I'm not going to be here always. 
And so she started setting in motion spiritual laws that could not be overridden. So you might think, you know, and I've had people over the years say, you know, it don't matter what I say. But you set spiritual laws in motion with your mouth. You cre- you're creating things with your mouth, with my mouth. So, uh, so with that, uh, you know, uh, I had to release it, had to let it go, Lord. Okay, you know, if I didn't do everything right, but with the, with the Spirit of the Lord, just to comfort me, there was nothing that I could do with that. Because spiritual laws have been set in motion. And, you know, sometimes there are things, I'm not saying that all spiritual, you know, when people are speaking that way, that it can't be changed. But in this instant, it could not be changed. So why put bad words out there that need to be changed or addressed? Say the right thing. Amen. And I tried to get her, you know, to, to say the right thing. And, um, you know, when I would talk to her on the phone, but um, she's older than me. And could take me probably. (laughs) So praise the Lord. So we create things with our words. Uh, You know, if you're always saying, I'll never get out of debt. I'll never pay this off. I'll never have a good job. I'll always be an hourly employee. I'll never be able to take a vacation. You're saying those things you put, you're creating your world or your future out ahead of you. Now, um, <clears throat> Keith Moore, some of you know him, he went to minister to this lady one time, and she was a, a minister, and so she started having these stomach issues, and so with that, uh, whatever she would eat, it wouldn't stay down. So when he went to talk to her, she just could barely ter- talk above a whisper, and she said, I'm so weak, I'm so weak, every time I eat something, it won't stay down, it comes right back up. Every time I eat something, it comes right back. I'm so weak. I'm so weak. Now, we know in Ephesians 5, it says uh, that uh, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that's the scripture that the Lord gave him. And so uh, he just gave her. He said, just say, I'm strong. Can you just say, I'm strong? She said, I'll try. I'll try. He said, no, don't try. Say, I'm strong. She said, "I'm I'm strong. I'm strong. And he said, I don't care. And don't ever say again, I, you know, whatever I eat won't stay down. He said, when uh, your face hanging over the bowl <laughs> in the bathroom, you wipe your mouth off and you say, everything I eat stays down. Everything that goes in my body stays down. I'm strong. I'm strong. And he said he just stayed there with her probably like 15, 20 minutes. Just say, I'm strong. I'm strong. Not even the whole scripture. Sometimes we think we need the whole scripture and we need a, a bunch of them. You just, just need one. There's a minister years ago that says one word from God will change your life forever. So just a partial scripture. I'm strong. <laughs> and not even the, in the power of his mind. I'm strong. So she started saying that I'm strong. I'm strong. Everything I eat stays down. I'm strong. And so uh, he went ahead and he said, well, I'll come back tomorrow and visit you tomorrow. And he said, don't you say anything else. That's all you say. And he comes back tomorrow. He says, she's sitting up in the bed. And, uh, and she, he said, how's it going? Let's say it some more. So they said it some more. So he comes back the next day 
And so he said she started eating and uh, he went off to minister someone and someone said, have you heard about what and called her name? And he said, no. And he said, uh, she's gained uh, 20 pounds. He said, maybe she need to stop saying everything. I <laughs> she may need to back off of it a little bit, you know. But she started saying, I'm strong. I'm strong. Everything I eat stays down. Amen. Now think about this. She said it while she was still in the condition she didn't want to be in. And a lot of us are waiting for some magical thing to happen, for our bodies to change. And then we'll say. But she said what she wanted. She called out what she wanted. I am strong while she's weak. My food won't stay down while she's hanging over the toilet bowl. Hallelujah. And so this would put a, uh, a little handles to, to what we're to do with our confession. In uh, 2016, I'm just going to, you know, talk out of my heart here a little bit, all right? And uh, so in 2016, I went to a prayer conference in Birmingham. Dr. Varallo was having a prayer conference down there. And um, someone had given me a spa card, so I scheduled a spa day and, and uh, you know, just had a really good day and went to get my favorite meal from Outback, which is salmon with Tawamba sauce on top. And uh, so I uh, had, uh, <clears throat> had gone to the spa, and I'm getting ready to settle in for the night. It's going to be a great night. I'm going to eat my favorite meal and all of that. So get in the shower and all that. And so sit in front of the TV. Here we get ready to go. And so I start eating. And all of a sudden, my tongue. My tongue. What's wrong with my tongue? What, and then I notice that my ears are tingling. Then I notice that my fingers. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, seen uh, the fingers on uh, frogs, how they look wet, um, big on the end. My fingers started swelling. So I went to get up to go to the bathroom and couldn't walk. My feet were swelling. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. And uh, so I grabbed my wallet and purse of uh, keys and ran down to the front desk. And instead of telling them to call the ambulance, <laughs> I drove myself to Walgreens to get some Benadryl. And uh, so when I get there, the pharmacist is going, did you drive yourself? <laughs> and uh, I said, my throat is itching. My ears on the inside of my ears are itching. My, I mean, it was getting bad. So she wouldn't let me drive back. And uh, so she gave me uh, some Benadryl there. And um, so things started calming down a little bit, went back to the, uh, you know, uh, the hotel, and I told them I slept in the lobby because I didn't want to go back to my room because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So the next morning, you know, feeling a little bit better, went back upstairs, and it all started over again. I hadn't eaten, eaten anything since the night before. And uh, so <laughs> this has never, ever, ever, ever in my entire life happened to me before. I, I eat that meal almost once a week. And it's never happened to me before. Here I'm going to a prayer conference, and the devil has raised his head. So um, <clears throat> I end up in the emergency room, and they had to give me, you know, industrial strength Benadryl, I guess it was what it was. And then uh, so things calmed down, things got better. But then the doctor went up on release, said, 
Uh, a lot of people later in life, even though they never have allergies ever in their life, develop this, and we don't know why. So you need to prepare that you're never going to eat seafood ever again, or this is going to happen to you. I went, the devil's a lie. Because <laughs> I love me some seafood. And the next week, uh, Pastor Ron and I had a conference in Biloxi, Mississippi. And where is Biloxi, Mississippi? On the Gulf. And so, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm going to eat some seafood. So I had Benadryl in my purse. And the whole time, the whole time out of my mouth is going, I will be able to eat seafood and it will not affect my body. And so, uh, and I told Pastor Ron, of course, she was aware of everything because they were at that conference too. So the next week we go <laughs> to this conference. And so for lunch on Friday, uh, we're going to a seafood restaurant. And Pastor Ron said, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm eating seafood. And uh, so I go in there, and uh, I ordered shrimp <laughs> and uh, begin to, to eat it. And the whole time in my head, the devil's going, uh, your throat is going to swell up. Remember what happened to you last week? All of that. And I said, nope, I'm going to eat this shrimp, and I'm never going to ever have a problem with it again. And I, I didn't have a scripture. I didn't say, I just started saying what I wanted. And, uh, and so never had a problem. And I carried bitter drill around in my purse for the longest time, and I still eat that meal today. Just had it yesterday, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but I started declaring out of my mouth how things will be. Amen. Amen. I started saying out of my mouth how it's going to be. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> a lot of times people wait for this, oh, God didn't come down in white raiment in my room or anything like that. I decided and said out of my mouth, I declared, I decree how it will be. No, I'm not walking around with allergies. I'm, I don't have, and they're not my allergies. You know, uh, I went to uh, someone's house a uh, few years ago, and they invited us over for dinner. So I'm sitting there, and we're waiting for dinner, uh, to, and we are sitting at the dining room table, and all of a sudden, my ears are tingling, my throat is tingling, and uh, uh, you know, I'm starting to itch and I think, what in the world is happening? And I didn't see any pets in the house. They had uh, some outside, but I didn't see any pets in the house. And my friend sitting next to me, she said, are you allergic to cats? And I wasn't aware that I was allergic to cats. But all of a sudden, my eyes started swelling shut. I couldn't stay for dinner. I had to get out of the house. And so, um, I started doing, started doing this. So this is another situation. I, going to people's house, they had cats. I wouldn't go to their house because they had cats. And so Travis and Annie have cats. And so I went to their house one day. I'm standing in the kitchen. All of a sudden, my eyes start itching. And I'm just sitting there, you know, doing this with my eyes. And, uh, and I said, I think it's your cat. And so I finished up what I did with them. And I went and got in the car. And the Lord said, what are you doing? What are you saying? And so what I started doing was acquiescing to the symptoms. I started bending to the symptoms. James says in, in James chapter 3 that your tongue is a rudder. And it says that tongue will control your whole body. Yet that tongue will tell your, your body that has pain in it what it needs to do. So... Uh, so I'm sitting there uh, coming out of their subdivision. And I went, 
I don't have, I don't have cat allergies. I, I, you know, because you just got scolded by the Lord. You know, you're trying to say something that would please him. <laughs> so he don't say anything else to you. I'm going, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not claiming that I'm, I'm allergic to cats. But we have to watch those kind of things because uh, even the pharmacist, you know, with the, uh, the seafood thing, I talked to the pharmacist about it, and she said, you know, my mom had that, and that stayed on her the rest of her life. And I said, that's not, under my breath, going, that's not happening to me. And so I had to get that cat thing straightened out uh, in my mouth. And, um, and I don't have allergies to cats, so I can come to your house now, okay? <laughs> and if I start acting, we'll beat me or something like that. I don't know. But... Um, the words of our mouth are creating our world. If we want things to change, we don't say where we are, we say where we want to go, right? And so we start calling for uh, the things that we want to happen, just like that lady did that just picked up on the principle. Uh, Proverbs 4.18, uh, this is something that I say over myself. I say every day in every way, uh, I am better and better. Every day and every way, I'm better and better. And I was saying that to somebody one time. They said, that's not a scripture. And I said, Proverbs 4.18 says, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever, uh, ever brighter into the perfect day. And one version says it uh, gets uh, better and better to the perfect day. And so I was starting to say, I set my day that way. And every day and every way, I am better and better. Uh, I, every day and every way in my relationships, they are better. Every day and every way financially, I am better. Those are things that I confess and say out of my mouth. And things are picking up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's what we like. That's what we want. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, I don't want to let you keep you too long. <clears throat> you take me one more story. Uh, one more of my stories. So... Um, I can't remember, this was probably 2010, uh, went for a regular exam, uh, yearly exam. And so the doctor tells me that uh, my, uh, there's a particular hormone level in my body that's elevated. And he said, we're going to watch it for a while. We're not going to do anything right now, but um, we're just going to watch it. And had me come back in like six months. And they tested me again for it. And it was higher than it was the last time that I was there. And he said, if it keeps rising up, going up, we're going to have to do something about it. So um, he went ahead and retired. And uh, I went, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> and uh, so when that hormone is elevated in your body, it tells them that there's a tumor present in your head. And uh, so I wasn't real happy that he, de he decided to retire. I'm like, he don't care about me. He just left. <laughs> he got this tumor. And uh, so I uh, got a new doctor, and he took my levels and everything, and he said the same thing. He said, your levels, they got the uh, records from the former doctor, and he said, your levels are even higher now. And he said, we're going to have to do something. So um, <clears throat> the first doctor said, it's not bothering us. We're not going to bother it. <laughs> uh, that's a great way to doctor. And uh, so this doctor said, we're, we're going to have to do something. He said, because if the tumor continues to grow, it's going to affect your eyesight. You know, we're going to have to go get it. I mean, nobody going to get nothing in my head. Nobody, <laughs> that's not happening. 
So uh, I said, is there a different, is there another fix? And so he said, well, we'll start you out on medicine first. And, uh, and uh, so we'll do that for six months and then we'll see where we are. Um, and then we'll send you to get an MRI and all of that. So I started taking the medicine, but along with the medicine, I started taking my other medicine. And in here, he even talks about tumors in your, uh, in your body. So I started confessing. So every morning, I would get up with this little booklet. And when I take my natural medicine, I took my spiritual medicine and confessed. And so during the day, if I was sitting somewhere or sitting in my office at lunch, I'd pull out this spiritual medicine, and I would take that and confess. You know, um, my hormone levels are, are normal in my body. Uh, there are no tumors in my body. I curse the root of those tumors to command them to leave. So I'll go back in six months, they, they sent me for an MRI, and he said, um, it's strange. Uh, he said, we're showing where there were two tumors, but they're not there anymore. And he said, but what's perplexing is your hormone levels are still up, which tell you that there's a tumor there, but there's not a tumor there. So he said, we're going to keep you on the medicine for another six months. And I knew what medicine was affecting because the medicine that I was taking was supposed to cause my hormone levels to come down. So that means that it's not working the way that it's supposed to be doing. That means the word is working. And so I said, whatever, you ain't going in my head. As long as we're not going in my head. And so I started, kept taking the medicine. And he said, just take it till it runs out and then come back and we'll do another test. So he sends me for an MRI again. Uh, the, tumor, the two tumors were gone and uh, not there, and my hormone levels are normal. And Gail was with me at that appointment. He said, hmm. He's going, hmm. And I'm thinking, what, what is he hmm about? And I said, is there something wrong? And he called his nurse in. And, uh, and so he said, somebody up there likes you. Now, he's, he's agnostic. And, I, and uh, so Gail is standing behind me, and she's going, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, he said, well, um, you, you're free to go. You can go. When we get out in the parking lot and we dance in the, in the, in the garage parking lot, what, what happened? Speaking God's word taking God's word to it, uh, <clears throat> not just accepting the diagnosis, not just accepting the report, not that you ignore the report. You got to do something with that, right? But you take God's word to it, whatever he's spoken to you, whatever he's telling you to do, you know, uh, like that woman, she just had a half of scripture. He may have you have a confession sheet of what you're doing, but find out what he wants you to do to, um, to uh, address those things. Amen. Hallelujah. The rudder. Let's go to James 3, and then we're going to wrap this up. I didn't quite expect to go this way, but this is where we are. All right. Uh, James 3, verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. So uh, just as you put a bit in a, a horse's mouth and it turns their whole body. Verse four. Behold, as the ships, which though they be, uh, be they be so great and are driven by the force or uh, fierce winds, 
yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder, whithersoever the governor listeth, or where, whatsoever the governor wants it to go. Verse 5. Even so the tongue, say my tongue, my tongue. is a member, and it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Your tongue can turn your whole body. Your turn, your tongue can turn your finances around. Your tongue can turn your children around. Your tongue can turn your job situation around. Amen? Your tongue. And did Jesus, what did Jesus say? You speak to the mountain. You talk to the mountain and tell it what. And what did the mountain do? You start talking to it. It's going to yonder sea. It's going off to yonder sea. But when you start saying things that are not right, things that are not the word of God, negative words, what the mountain do? Well, the mountain goes back. And the good thing about the, the kingdom of God is that we can get to talking again and then <laughs> send the mountain to the sea and let him go into the sea. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's see here. A couple more things. Proverbs 12, verse 6. The words of the wicked are lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver him, shall deliver them. But the mouth of the upright, anybody here upright? Anybody here righteous? Anybody here just? Your mouth can deliver you. All right, one last story and then we're, we'll dismiss. Some of you may have heard this story before, but Keith Moore is a pastor out in Branson. Uh, and he has a church in Sarasota. And he was ministering somewhere and a young man came to him. And he said, can you help me? He said, I, uh, I've been trying to quit smoking and I can't quit smoking. And keep this in mind, the tongue of the upright shall deliver them. And so he said, can you help me? And he said, yep, I can help you. And he said, I just can't keep, quit, uh, quit smoking. I don't, I, I've tried everything, and I just can't quit smoking. He said, stop saying that. He said, what? He didn't even realize the words that were coming out of his mouth were uh, also a snare to him, Proverbs also says. And so he says, don't ever say that again. And he said, I'm going to tell you how to get He said, don't tell me to get rid of my cigarettes. Don't tell me to throw away my cigarettes. He said, I'm not going to tell you to throw away your cigarettes. And um, so he's thrown away packs and packs and packs of them, and he goes buy more. And so uh, he said, say this. He said, uh, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. He said, but I'm smoking. <laughs> and he said, yes, but you don't want to be smoking, so you need to say, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. And he said, that's all I want you to say. And he said, are you sure? And he said, yes, that's all I want you to say is, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. And he said, but I'm smoking. <laughs> and he said, yes, but we're trying to get you not to smoke, so please say what I'm saying. Don't say anything else. Thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. So he said, all right. And he said, every time you take a puff off of that cigarette, you say, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. Now, many of us probably would say, you need to just ball them up, put them in the trash. Or he said, as you're taking the drag, as you're taking a puff, blowing it in the air, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. Every time you go buy a pack, 
thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. And he said he did that for about three weeks. And he was walking down the street, and all of a sudden he said, thank you, Lord, I'm delivered from smoking. And he never smoked again. The tongue of the upright shall deliver him. Now, Jesus said to us, and we read this last week, he said, I come for your words. What if this young man was delivering back to the Lord or putting out there, I, uh, I can't quit smoking. I can't be, I can't be delivered. I've been smoking all my life and I've, I've tried to quit so many times. What? He's not putting the right words out there. That's why he's telling him, don't say anything else except I'm delivering from smoking. What do you need to say in your life? What do you need to get with God? Maybe you, anybody been a uh, word monitor, mouth monitor since last week? And so we talked about it. We talked about that. Now, you, if you're going to be somebody's uh, mouth monitor, you need to get permission from them to be their mouth monitor. They might punch you in the mouth. All right. So, <laughs> so be careful about that kind of stuff. But, uh, and we can help each other out. You know, husbands and wives can help each other out. And this might be something that you might do. Next time you say, I'm sick, I got pain in my body, say after that, and that's just the way I like it. I'm broke, and that's just the way I like it. That'll correct some stuff in you want it. I'll never have that dream card that I want, and that's just the way I like it. I'll never finish college, and that's just the way I like it. Child, I'm broke down today, and that's just the way I like it. Today's hump day, right? Middle of the week. I'm just broke down, and that's just the way I like it. But maybe you can monitor each other like that. The other one, one says something, and you go, and that's just the way you like it, right? Don't blame me. Don't come back to me and say anything about it. Y'all stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. But the Lord's trying to help us, right? And, you know, just like you want good things for your kids, he wants good things for his kids. And so what he's trying to do is position us so that we say the right thing in agreement with God's word. And he's trying to get to us our dreams. He's trying to get to us his promises. He's trying to get to us those things that he bought in redemption for us. But we need to work with him. Uh, Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed, right? And, and, and he doesn't change to agree with us. We change to agree with him. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you right now in this room for helping us tonight each and every one of us father i just thank you as we are dismissed from this place tonight as we go for the next few days i thank you that you remind us even when we go to say something even in our thought process before it even comes out of our mouth you check us holy ghost we thank you for helping us to um, give you back your word that's what Isaiah says, come and let us reason together. And so we come back and we bring your word back to you. And we thank you that when we, uh, we bring those words back to you, we're giving you something to work with. And our words are creating our reality. Our words are creating our future. Our word is delivering us from things. Our, our words are setting a, a course for us. Our tongue, our, the rudder of our life is setting things for us and delivering us for things out ahead. 
Jesus, thank you for even letting us, telling us that you want our words and it brings attention to we need to make an adjustment in our lives. So help us make those adjustments so that we can see the things that we're believing you for in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.